John felt like he'd been drawn and quartered and was being dragged over the rockiest, bumpiest ground in the whole country. He moaned and opened his eyes to see tree branches zipping by overhead. The rain continued to fall, and he opened his mouth to try to catch the water and quench his parched throat. Pushing up with his good arm, he felt drained and broken. His head throbbed, and he realized he'd nearly cracked his skull wide open. Then his hand went to the wound on his shoulder. The arrow was still lodged in his flesh. Stop! he cried out, but Celestine just kept on going. For the love of God, stop already! He looked over to the back of the cart and saw the bright, curious blue eyes of the young girl he'd seen earlier as she watched him intently. The wench was a homely thing, with bushy eyebrows and a beak of a nose sticking out from under all that scraggly hair. She was as flat-chested as a board and dressed like a boy in her hose, boots, and tunic. The only redeeming feature about her was her eyes. "'Tell her to stop!' he shouted at the girl that Celestine had called Claude. Claude was a common name for either a girl or a boy in France. If he ever had a daughter that looked as homely, he'd be sure to at least give her a much more feminine name. The young girl did nothing but sit there and stare. He went for his sword, meaning to use it to scare his ex-wife, but his hand closed on nothing but the empty leather scabbard. Nay, she didn't. He pushed up higher, straining his neck to see over the back of the driver's seat. Sure enough, there was his sword lying across her lap. Celestine, give me my sword. Nay, she said without turning around. Nothing like a woman scorned, he grumbled, biting back the pain and pushing up to his knees. Reaching over the back of the seat, the tips of his fingers were almost able to reach the hilt of his sword. He was thinking how glad he was that his sword arm wasn't wounded when she turned her head suddenly, noticing his action. Then she pulled back hard on the reins and brought the horse to an abrupt stop. He lost his balance, and his body went sailing over the front of the bench seat. The force of his body hitting the wood pushed the shaft of the arrow further into his shoulder. Ah! he cried out, finally managing to get to his feet. Keep your voice down, she scolded taking his sword and slipping off the bench to the ground. We don't want to cause a scene. We don't? Angrily, he got out of the cart and took hold of the shaft of the arrow, breaking it off rather than to try to pull it out and risk removing a few muscles along the way. I think you've caused enough of a scene. Now tell me, what is this all about? He threw the broken shaft to the ground. My lord, there you are! came a voice from someone behind them. John looked up, first realizing they were on the docks. His crew was bustling about loading the ship, and the small fleet was getting ready to sail. The nasty storm had let up, and now blue skies were starting to break through the clouds. Miles, his squire, ran down the wharf heading toward him. He came to an abrupt stop directly in front of him and started talking without waiting to be acknowledged. I followed you when you left Paris, Somehow I must have taken a wrong turn and got to the docks first. Then the horse you were riding showed up without you. Sorry about that, my lord. I wish you wouldn't have rushed off in such a hurry when the storm started up. Storms always seem to rattle your nerves, don't they? Stop the idle chatter and give me a report. Aye, my lord. The ships are ready to sail, and... Is that something sticking out of your shoulder, my lord? His squire squinted his eyes and leaned forward, trying to inspect it. It's an arrow, Miles. What does it look like? He spat. Now get me to the ship 
and let's get away from this godforsaken place and back on English soil where we belong. His squire stepped forward to give him a hand, but stopped suddenly as the tip of John's own sword came between them. Don't touch him, ordered Celestine. My lord, Miles backed away with his hands raised above his head looking at John. Who is she? he whispered from the side of his mouth. She's no one. Don't let her stop you. He pushed past his squire, holding his hand to his wound, but was stopped by the wench as she stepped in his path and held the sword up to his chest this time. You promised, she said, with eyes darting toward the ship and then back to the young girl still in the wagon. You agreed to marry me and take me with you. You did? The squire belted out, almost sounding amused if John wasn't mistaken. I only agreed so she'd save my life, he explained. I didn't mean to go through with it.